That is the sweet smell of revenge. <laughs> Success. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if revenge is a dish best served cold, it's probably a tiramisu, right? I don't want to eat it. Oh, no? No, no. tiramisu. <laughs> <laughs> Could be frog in a pond. Come on. I do like leftovers. <laughs> KFC the next day, served cold. Mm-mm-mm. That's revenge, my friend. That's revenge. That's revenge <laughs> on my body. <laughs> For yes. not being able to finish it the <laughs> night before. Should we record a podcast? Let's let's give it a shot. We've <laughs> right. never done one before. <laughs> we'll do it. Thank you for listening, everybody. This is a podcast. <laughs> it's Good Movie Monday. We appreciate you listening. We are dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. It's what we do. I'm Glenn Cochran, and my cohort is Ben Helwig. Every week, without fail, the two of us spend an hour chatting about movies, essentially wasting their time, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when, uh, was it... <laughs> I think it's Alan Partridge used to introduce the show. He's like, I am Chacho. <laughs> I wasn't going to copy. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> we are Chacho. We are Chacho. Yes. And um, Now, Glenn, yeah. would, you, would <laughs> yes. you like to sing a medley of ABBA songs with me right now? <laughs> Where do you want to start? <laughs> oh, what a shame. We don't have a license. Take a chance, 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 take a chance. I'm just completely ripping off Alan Partridge now. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's all right. Where are we? Um, I don't know. Good thing you've got it all written down. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're going to waste people's time. That's where I was at. Yeah, That's yeah, where I was at. Right. And this week is no exception. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whenever I can attach a theme to the show, though, I, I do it. You know, we ran out of themes for a while and we, we stopped doing it. And then you brought it to my attention that we've stopped doing it. So I'm bringing them back. You're bringing them back. Bringing them back. And today's show is all about revenge movies. Nice. So that came full circle real quick then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if it was planned. In fact, the last time we spoke about revenge movies on this show was when Matthew Holmes was on the show to talk about the cost before he went into production. And now the film is out and we're going to talk about revenge movies again. Perfect. There's another little circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> A Venn diagram. So on Not today's that. show, we're going to actually be chatting with Kevin D, one of the stars of the show. He's the guy that gets the shit beat out of him and tortured. Oh, of the cost. Of the cost, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but as a bonus for everybody, uh, our social media this week on Facebook and YouTube, there will be a bonus video with myself and Matt having a chat about the film as well. So that saves you and I recording extra content, right? Yeah, perfect. I did it for you. <laughs> <laughs> or you did it for him. <laughs> All for you, mate. <laughs> well, yeah. We have a fun show as usual, though. The, yeah. the other cohorts are here. Jarrett's going to do one of those sneaky little, like, I guess, 30, 40 second bits. Because he's in Monster Fest mode too. You have the time to come over and record an entire show, and yet all he gives us is like a, a sound bite. <laughs> sound bite. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I have the time. I make the time. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, Jarrett, we do appreciate it. I'm not just having a dig. I'm actually <laughs> having a joke. Because he is the only person who listens to the show, so you know he's going to hear it. <laughs> That's so right. Maybe don't. <laughs> I'll walk it back. 
Uh, we also have our weekly dose of Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. So the guys from Kentucky are going to be here and do their Kentucky cinematic ramblings. Nice. Yes. Kentucky makes me hungry. <laughs> do they Do they ever talk about Kentucky Fried Chicken on the show? Never. Never. Missed opportunity. They should do the show every week at a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Maybe it just, doesn't, they should maybe it just doesn't have the appeal over there that it does here. <clears throat> I don't believe it. Especially in a post-COVID <laughs> world where people don't tend to go in so there's fast food restaurants mm. anymore. Like mm. KFC is the weird exception. Yeah. When I go through the drive through in the one in Chadston, uh, please don't stalk me. Uh, <laughs> there's a... Uh, Shit. Or do, if you want to. <laughs> Ladies. Uh, <laughs> there's always people in that one. But when I go to the when I go through the drive through at Macca's or Hungry Jack's, there's never anyone in there. Mm. It's weird that KFC has somehow broken that... Yes, and yet still it doesn't. It doesn't. They still don't. It's not like they go to any extra effort to clean the, <laughs> the mess. Like it is a pigsty mm-hmm. in in all those places because uh, they don't want to pay the staff to, uh, you know, clean up after the, well, the, the people staff, who don't. The staff in. don't want to work either. Well, that's that's true. They are sixteen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They got um, better things to do with their time. Uh, go to goodmoviemonday.com, everybody. That's where you'll find links to all of our social media pages. Go and follow those, like them, subscribe, and you know, leave comments and interact because we are now every week putting out questions to people that we would love you to answer and we can talk about them on the show and we'll do that in a little bit. Um, and there, there is a, a nice little section on the website uh, called Ben Complains About KFC where every time he goes, <laughs> I'm not, I like how I'm talking about myself in the third person. Every time I go, I just I leave a little comment. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a comment thing. Unfortunately, I don't think I don't think the web admin has ever approved any of those comments. <laughs> so they just sit there in the it's like they're spam. Well, I'm trying to turn it into a vodcast, you see. Ah, I see. Yes. So you've got to start filming these. Right. Yeah. Oh, I mean I can I can totally do that. I've got the I did, <laughs> I did a live from my car once and all I got were complaints from people from friends of mine who like also <laughs> happen to be police officers going, Are you sure you can do this? And I'm like, I'm parked. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm not driving anywhere. <laughs> I was totally driving. But I was I wasn't looking at the camera, I was looking at the road. And it was a strap on. Yeah. It was it was like with with the hands free. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just I also want to quickly spruik Wednesday up late the other podcast I host on a Wednesday night with Chloe. Go check that out. It's a lot of fun. Recently we did a an episode where we ate gross shit. So go and check. I have to say I have recently like I've 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 looked at TikTok Mm. a bit. Yeah. But I didn't actually have an account. I wasn't interested in having one. Yeah. I started one the other day because I found I was missing. I just wanted, to, uh, mainly because I always forget to watch Have You Been Paying Attention in the Cheap Seats. <laughs> they got all the And I've subscribed <laughs> to their channels. But I've had quite a few Good Movie Monday and Up Late. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I don't follow those accounts. Well, I'm not sure. No, Up Late and, and Good Movie Monday, the, same account. Yeah. Just, yeah. And I just, I get that they are <laughs> popping up in my feed. That is great. I think I actually made a comment on one the other day. I think you did. I am seeing that. Mr. Yeah. Ben Helwig has seen a video. Did it say Whoa. Ben Helwig? It did. I, oh, no, VHS meltdown. V- yeah. Yeah. Oh, Given too much away the... here, man. <laughs> you've, let, you've, let, you've let it out. <laughs> um, should we quickly talk about Monster Fest? So, Monster sure. Fest is. It's wrapped up. It's done, done and dusted, my friend. How are you feeling? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know, well, I, 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 say, I say it's done. <laughs> Melbourne is done. Yeah. Uh, and starting on a th- Friday, <laughs> I think it's Friday, the 27th, 
Sydney, Perth, Adelaide, and the Brisbane yep. Monster Fests kick off uh, with suitable flesh. The uh, the uh, Joe Lynch yeah, film, Brian Yosner, Brian Yosner, Dennis Pearly yep. yep. film. Um, so definitely, if you're interstate and listening to this show, which Please, please, I beg you, Yeah, just jump onto any one of our social media platforms and just say, yep, I listen and I'm in. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just so curious. Uh, <laughs> say it one more time yeah. so they don't miss it. Yeah, just jump on, just say, I, yeah, hey, I'm in Brisbane and I listen to the show. That's what, like... Yeah. You don't have to interact with us ever again. <laughs> That's fine. But we'd like it. But we'd love you if you did. Yeah. Uh, so how was the how was the atmosphere you know in, in Monster Fest all all up? It was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. People people seem to be having a good time. I mean, I look. It's hard for me to tell because I kind of sit in, in the corner <laughs> like a lump and don't really engage. I was there for a few nights and the atmosphere was fantastic. Yeah. So and you look at the social media and the pages are just lit up with um, media wall photos of people from different screenings. Yeah. Well, we like to fun. do this year. We like to we like to uh, mess around a bit. We had the. Um, the David Gregory doco, Enter the Clones of Bruce, the Bruce Lee, the Bruce exploitation <laughs> yes. documentary. And uh, we got everyone um, kind of ninja headbands. I saw like that. Kung fu headbands <laughs> that people took pictures with on social media. Uh, like just yesterday on Sunday, we had uh, uh, the documentary We Kill for Love and I bought people like these raincoats, <laughs> these disposable <laughs> raincoats yep. to wear in the cinema. And... Funnily enough, Nova had a bunch of like like hand moisturizer, sanitizer <laughs> stuff that they just had lying around. So we gave that out to, to, to people. I, I freely admit now that I got the whole raincoat thing in the cinema wrong. I always thought that you wore the raincoat to protect yourself from flying other other patrons flying jizz. But no, the raincoat <laughs> is to cover it for when you're manipulating yourself oh, yes. to cover your action. Well, these raincoats were see-through, so that did not work <laughs> at all. You know what? You should have just done a cheeky sneak out the back and just trigger the fire alarm and get the <laughs> sprinkler system going. Yeah, I wonder if they have the... I mean, they must have it. They have to. It's a, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, it's not a... Um, it's not like a bookshop where the entire stock would be ruined by a, <laughs> by a sprinkler going <laughs> off. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know if they do at the cinema, Nova. Well, the seats will be protected because you're all wearing raincoats. That's right. Yeah. Well, they're made out of some kind of velour that uh, never... soaks up uh, <laughs> gross body juices. And never mind all the other cinemas. Cinema, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that's awesome. I'm really glad it went well. And um, last week on the show, we had the, the guys from Emu War. Yes. So if, if you did catch that at Monster Fest, that interview, go back and have a listen. It's fantastic. Yeah, and look, it is. If you If you are interstate, check out Emu War there because... From what I understand, it won't be getting a theatrical post the festival. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see it on the big screen, Monster Fest is the place to do it. And you want to be with an audience. You do, definitely. 100%. It is an audience film. All right, freaks. It is time for me to interrupt the show for, I don't know, 40 seconds or so, just to quickly remind you about newsly you probably already have it so this is irrelevant but anyway go to newsly.me and download it it's the super app that has all of the podcasts that you could possibly want it's the best way to listen to good movie monday and they also have news from all around the world which is actually what they're all about so the highest trending articles from over 80 different countries at any given time are funneled into the palm of your hand 
and read back to you in a natural human voice. That's right. The app reads the news back to you, which is very, very cool when you haven't got time to read or you're incapacitated or you just, you know, might be driving. Whatever the case is, Newsly has you covered. And they love what we do. And to support us, they offer all of you, our good listeners, a month of premium service absolutely free. So go to newsly.me, download it, and use our exclusive code Monday without the O M N D A Y. Newsly.me, get on it. Hey, this is Jarrett, and welcome to PE Class, reporting remotely once again as we just wrapped Monster Fest in Melbourne last night, and we're about to set sail to Brisbane, Sydney, Perth, and Adelaide this weekend from Friday through Sunday. But let's get on to this week's releases. First up, Umbrella, and they're releasing probably or possibly my favourite genre film of the year. The year's not over yet, but I really love this movie. And it's an Australian movie too, which is terrific. Talk to me, it's coming to 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray and DVD. Now the 4K and Blu-ray have an audio commentary, it's got a Q&A from the Sydney premiere, there's a behind the scenes featurette, there's interviews with cast and crew, there's deleted scenes and a trailer. You know how much I love trailers being on disc, so I'm glad they've included the trailer. Also from Umbrella making its 4K Ultra HD debut locally is Possession. It's porting all the special features from the previous Beyond Genres release along with two new special features. An audio commentary with Sally Christie and a video essay by author and film historian Alexandra Haller Nicholas. And I was privileged enough to edit that one. Then, coming from Roadshow, from the Warner catalogue, we've got some back catalogue titles that have been out in the US and the UK for a while. They're finally surfacing locally. They are V for Vendetta, The Green Mile, and Beetlejuice. Then the last distributor I'll mention that are putting out titles this week, and it's an abundance of horror titles, is Viavision, who are releasing Night of the Eagle, Bug, The Orphanage, Windchill, Skeleton Key, and The Mad Room. Anyway, that's it for me this week, so until next time, stay physical. <laughs> uh, Jarrett, like yourself, still finding time to squeeze in some Good Movie Monday loving. And I feel warm and fuzzy for it. <laughs> Thank you, Jarrett. Much appreciated, mate. Uh, get a bit of rest and then get cracking with that interstate stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they depend on you. <laughs> we do. Listeners will know that every single week I've started putting out questions on social media for our listeners to answer. And because my games were shit. <laughs> no. I, look, all you've got to do to get them back in action is propose one. Is, yeah. <laughs> No, so what I'm doing is picking up the slack for you. Yeah, say, in the meantime, because Ben is shit. <laughs> now I thought this is a great way to engage people, and you know, yeah. definitely getting them involved with the show gives us some great content, part of the conversation, all that kind of stuff. This week was, you know, dropped off a little bit. Really, didn't get much engagement. What was the question? So the question was. Um, Curate your own revenge marathon. So three movies that you'd play back to back in a revenge marathon. In other words, your three favourite revenge films. Um, we only had a few comments, so I'm going to read them out and then we can talk about this a little bit. Brody Kane comments every week. Good old Brody Kane. He's been with us since episode one. Right. I think he had a bit of issue with the transition from Keith to Ben. I'm going to be honest. Oh with really? You. I think he, he loved was, uh... Keith. He was uh, didn't, oh, didn't he, care for me. He sent us. He loves you now, mate. But he did in the early days. He'd send us videos, and you know, <laughs> of like this is me getting pissed off listening to that <laughs> asshole who, who can't who can't string a sentence together. Brody, setting straight, mate. Drop a <laughs> drop a relevant comment to that. <laughs> he came up with um, 
three movies and then decided three weren't enough and he requested, he asked, could he do three more? I'm like, of course you can, mate. There are no rules. <laughs> well, no, there's not. So he went for Commando. Nice. The Crow. Mm-hmm. And Robocop. That was his first trilogy. Not I like Robocop one. and I like the, the Commando. dick shooting oh. Robocop parody. <laughs> <laughs> I love the name of the new documentary. It's called Robodoc. Robodoc, That's yeah. fantastic. And then his second wave. So I guess he's doing two, two nights here. Night one and night he's two. Just doing a, he's doing a proper all-nighter. Good old days. So he did The Wraith. Nice. That is a good one. Dark Man. Yes. And then Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Well, I haven't heard of that film. That's Larry Drake, my friend. Who's that? <laughs> and then we had Kirk Eckhart. He didn't recommend a movie. He, recommend, he recommended one book that is yet to be adapted that he wants to see adapted. And you may have heard of it. I certainly haven't. It's called Davo's Little Something. Mm. So there's something for people to look up. I sure as hell didn't. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Me neither. Then we had Matthew Holmes, director of The Cost, the, the movie that he's responsible for this topic. He weighed in with Payback, which is with the, Mel, Gibson. Mel Gibson, Count nice of Monte Cristo, and Road to Perdition. Yes, all classics, all and great movies. In I... brackets, he said Princess Bride <laughs> as a little add-on. As a little add-on, yeah. yeah. And then Gregory Moss. It's who... not a comedy. It's a revenge film. Gregory Moss. <laughs> Great bit. <laughs> Is there any one person out there who's going to get that? Or, and she, she no, won't or, listen to the show. Or all the listeners or that have been listeners, you know, yeah. with us from, for the long haul. But then we had Gregory Moss who co wrote The Cost and he just simply said The Crow. That was his uh, go to. But I want to know. watch that three times in a row. <laughs> yeah, well, there's four of those movies, isn't there? Plus, there is that there's City, new... City to Heaven and Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> that was a TV show, yeah. yeah. And um, the second one was the uh, City of Angels. City of Angels. I like that one a lot. That was actually quite good. David um, Kiop or Kep wrote that Although one. Although the best thing about The Crow is that they give the synopsis of the film in the film. Like when, when uh, was it Michael Wincott? Mm-hmm. Is it Michael mm-hmm. or Jeff? Michael. Michael, Michael Wincott does that. Goes, I'm a crow. Bah, bah, bah. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you've just summed up the whole film. Yeah, it like should a, be on the back of the of the of the slick. It's like a Punch and Judy act. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wasted time watching that movie. Yeah, you didn't need just to stop there. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know what movies you would program. Would you like me to go first to give you time, or yeah, because you... I uh, in typical, uh, in, well. A lot more so in typical fashion. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I know you said revenge was the theme, and the movie that I I'm going to recommend is not in any way really a revenge <laughs> film. Yep. Although it it has elements of it. Okay. That's uh, right. But I didn't. Uh, this show's a mixed bag, mate. And in typical Glenn a, fashion, I am playing the microphone stand again. You can hear me strumming that. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case people are listening. Like what, a guitar. What the hell is that? And that's that's me accidentally knocking my stand. I'm going to go first. All right. Do it. So I've gone Riders of Justice, that movie from a couple of years you ago. You do really like that film. I love that one was with your, Mads, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Film of the best film of the year, wasn't it? It one was. Year? And that is a doozy of a revenge film. But then I've gone Prisoners, which I also love and I've mentioned a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one with Hugh Jackman and Paul Dano and Jake Gyllenhaal. I now, uh, after all these years, I rate it above seven as far as thrillers go. Wow, that's, that's how good it is. Call. That's how good it is. And then, do you rem- do you remember Abel Ferreira's Miss Forty Five? <laughs> Boy, do I! That, I mean, that is the one that I would bring up. <laughs> yeah, 
because it, it's not only is it a, it's not just a rape revenge film. Mm-hmm. It's a double rape revenge <laughs> film. It's the weirdest. Starring Sophie Vergara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's an in-joke. Got to be on uh, TikTok yeah. to know that one. <laughs> yeah, if you're a big fan of The View, yeah, then right. uh, that joke will... Uh... So I haven't seen this 45 since VHS days and I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I do remember loving it. You know when you're, you're a bit pretentious and you're younger and you watch these extreme movies just because it's cool to? Yeah. That's one I used to you know watch. Love and a, is it Love and a 45 is another one, I think? Love and a 45, isn't that? It's, a road, it's more of a road Yeah, but that's one. another one of those sort of extreme movies at the time. Was that the one with Rory Cochran and Renee Zellweger? Yeah, and yeah. Gil Bellows. Yeah, so that was like an R-rated movie that I just watched because it was cool to watch R-rated movies. Well, that was that was uh, in the wake of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, totally, totally. Kind of so, Pulp Fiction meets Empire Records. Yeah, so I lumped Miss 45 <laughs> in that as far as why I watched it in the yeah. early days, but I haven't watched it since. So that's my fantasy lineup of revenge films. There's a lot more I could do, but I'm going to stick with three. Yeah, like it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean... I think Mandy is an interesting revenge film to include in that marathon. I mean, it does have a Cheddar Goblin in it. It's so perfectly appropriate. It's a plus. That comes up on a lot of lists of great revenge films. If it's like a top 100, that's in there. Yeah, right. Um, just try. I mean, look, Point Blank, yep. which is the original of, of Get Carter, which is the ultimate, mm-hmm. the ultimate uh, revenge film. Uh, and the best thing about it is that he just wants his... I can't remember. I think in, I think in payback it's like thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and there's like, what do you want? A million dollars to go? Yeah, it's thirty thousand dollars. He wants a hundred thousand. It's thirty thousand dollars. Like they just can't get their head around that it's so little. Yep. And he's just so good. Um, I'm just looking on. You're just doing the Google. I'm just doing the Google now to see what. Uh, it's a list of fifty best revenge films of all time on IMDb. Uh, and most of the ones that, uh, I mean, well, Old Boy. Well, of course. Which, uh, Original. Uh, uh, I mean, the greatest, re- the greatest revenge film of all time is Death Wish. Yeah, of course. Because uh, then what's the difference? And I can't, Unforgiven. Absolutely. I can't determine the difference between a revenge film and a vengeance film. Is it the same thing? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. So my number one is going to have to be Get Carter. Yep. I'd probably, I'd be, which literally it would be Get Carter, Point Blank, and then maybe Payback just because I love Point Blank so much. <laughs> yeah. But, which is odd because I hate all the Get Carter remakes. What about The Limey? The Limey is a good, hmm. is a good one. It's very Get one. Carter-ish. It is. Yeah. And yeah. Terrence Stamp is brilliant in it. Yep. And I, I worked on the Blu-ray release for Umbrella, so... <laughs> so definitely. <laughs> definitely. Like With one. a bullet. <laughs> um, just trying to think if there's any ones that, uh, that pop up in this, in this 50 list that I uh, am like, of course, why didn't... I mean, Carrie. Yeah. Why, why didn't anyone yeah. say Carrie? Because there weren't that many people who <laughs> responded. Otherwise, surely it would be on the... Oh. The one with the most iconic line of any... Pretty much any film ever because it pretty much cemented Samuel L. Jackson uh, as like, you know, before he was Samuel L. Jackson kind yep. of thing. But it's a time to kill. Oh, yeah, I- I'm glad they did. <laughs> and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> it's like I mean, one of the greatest lines in cinema history. Before he became a punchline. Before he became a, yeah, you know, before uh, Dave Chappelle took the piss out of him. Yeah, that's right. i got a question for you though. Yeah. Are you ready for the sex girls? I'm always ready for the sex girls. That's a lie. I'm never ready for the sex From girls. From the actual greatest revenge film of all time, Revenge of the Nerds. 
Of course. Let's do it. I always, I have to say that I, I do like Revenge of the Nerds. It is technically a better film, but I enjoy Revenge of the Nerds too. A lot more. Me too. Me like I've too. seen it a lot more times. <laughs> All right, let's listen to that while I kill that spider behind you. What's that? Nerd. I smell nerds. Are you ready for the sex, girls? The hot, hot, lead, hot, big, hot girls. Are you ready for the sex, girls? The right, right, ultra vital, nice, nice girls. They play pool in your house and take off their own clothes. They can talk about love because they know where it goes. They are women without any faults. Are you ready for the pool? Special real sex girls Are you ready for the best girls The niche show niche 
So, um, ready for the sex girls? That's where we're at. And yeah. yeah, I had to call. I had to pull that um, last segment short because there was a spider on the roof right behind you, and I didn't want it to drop on you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I could handle a, a flesh-eating bite. <laughs> That's right. It was a white tail, everybody. Um, all right, so let's move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds is a fantastic movie. Um, as you were saying, number two is the the preferred yeah cut. What do you think of number two and uh, three and four? The which is is one of those the ones where they they're all old and their kids are both of them are they made yeah. back to back yeah I think I've I've only seen one of them Jefferson and Jefferson comes back from <laughs> yeah. number two yeah, that's right I think he's number two yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's in he's in always, all of them I think I always think that Jeff is he in number is oh no Jefferson th- is he the black guy no 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 so Jefferson from um oh we're talking Ted McGinley he's yeah, in all Tim of them he's in all of them oh is he yeah I yeah. didn't realize he was in the f- like because there's he's the jock in the first one yeah, yeah. but then why does he go <laughs> to the island for the second one. Why not? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they all went to the island. I mean, in don't get me one. wrong. I love Ted C. McGinley. He's on. Uh, shri- he's in Shrinking, <laughs> yeah. in a bit part. Yeah, and he's fucking hilarious. He becomes a nerd in part four or number three, one or the other. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what are we doing? Talking about Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> what kind <laughs> of segue is, re- is that into the cost? This is a revenge show. <laughs> That's right. Um, I guess it is on theme. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, what's more torturous, Revenge of the Nerds 4 or The Cost? Because The Cost is a torture movie. Mm. I'm just going to give up and just get straight to the punch. Yeah, this, yeah. <sighs> People that know the show very well and have listened from the start will know I have um have a very strong affection for Matthew's films. I love Twin Rivers and I love The Legend of Ben Hall. And I do think that the new one, The Cost, is his best movie. I do think he's a very underrated director. You've overlooked. championed him. I have. I have. I like the guy. And um, I do love his movies. In this movie, regardless of the fact, I would have loved this anyway. It is that good. And it's been kicking ass. It's had some screenings around town. It's had good feedback. And um, it's now out on Blu-ray and DVD through Madman. So I reckon everyone should get it. Completely brutal. Uh, just to give you a gist of the story, it's about two guys that kidnap... Uh, a criminal has been released and he has done something in the past that has affected them both and they decide to exact brutal revenge on him. Because what the government, the, the courts <laughs> did wasn't enough. And it's a real moral quandary because it, it looks at each of their um, their involvement in this act and it's like, well, who do you sympathise with? Who's a good guy? Who's a bad guy? And it kind of alternates all the way through the film. Really, really cool. Uh, anyway, here it is. Kevin D is the guy that gets absolutely <laughs> brutalized in this. And uh, if you do buy the the Blu-ray, watch the making of it because you'll see actually how brutalized he got in real life because he had to be strung up and, and endure. They didn't have an effects budget, so they <laughs> just beat the shit <laughs> out of him. Right. And of course, uh, Luckily, Matthew, he's into that. Matthew chats with me on Facebook this week as well, so check that out too. Well, Kevin, uh, what a pleasure to be chatting with you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Glenn. Yourself? Yeah, doing good, mate. Welcome to Good Movie Monday. Um, this is this is a great movie. Uh, I've been singing its praises for a long time. Everybody knows that. I've been on board with Matt's work for a long time. I think it's his best. Yeah, look, I, I'm very proud of what we managed to create through uh, the COVID lockdowns and everything. It's um, it, Yeah, it's turned out excellent. Couldn't ask for a better response, really. Bloody oath. It's a brutal movie um like got to be your most physically challenging movie to date or performance to date uh yeah i'd say so um it's a it's pretty dark subject matter um yeah i look i played some bad guys in the past but this <laughs> one yeah certainly was mentally and physically challenging there was a 
there was a lot going on running around the bush there in the middle of winter and stuff. Just from a, like a physical point of view, like how prepared were you to be as uncomfortable as what I assume you were? Uh, well, look, as soon as I read the script, I knew it was going to be pretty physically challenging um, yeah. for sure. But I was certainly up for that challenge. I, it's such a great role. Those roles do not come along very often. And I, I really wanted to jump at the chance. And I also was aware of Matt's work and I would was, you know, really excited to be working with Matt. So, yeah, I knew it was going to be full on, but um, I was I was ready. But I mean, how hard was it? Like your people that haven't seen it, your character is put into some, you're strung up, you're put into positions that are, I imagine, almost impossible to maintain for, you know, a long period of time. Yeah. Did that really take us toll? How long, like what's the longest stretch that you were in an uncomfortable position? Uh, look, we, we did certainly take breaks in between takes there because physically holding my arms up for that long, yeah, there was some things that were very, very uh, physically challenging but um mm. w so we try not to some of those takes were also very long scenes so yeah. um we did try and sort of run those scenes as a whole rather than trying to stop and start constantly which would have ended up being you know even more challenging for me um so yeah i remember after a couple of times after we'd run those really long scenes i was very very spent um mm. And there was one scene I remember we we had to revisit something didn't quite work, so we did revisit that a few months later. And I remember thinking, "Oh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to get back into that." Scene. <laughs> I guess. But, um, I guess yeah, being that spent serves serves the performance, though, doesn't it? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's that's where Troy is at at that point in time. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. It wasn't a stretch for me to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a lot of moral ambiguity in this film, which is, I think, what I like the most about it. And your character is both like absolutely deplorable, but there's there's a there's a sympathetic sort of element going on here as well. Was there a lot of discussion about how you play him and and how sympathetic to make him? Because it's you know it's it's a tricky sort of juggle. It really is, yeah. And that's one of the things that really um, attracted me to the script. Really, uh, you know, it, it's not just. Uh, black and white as we often see in these films the audience do sort of yeah don't, don't know how to feel towards troy at times because obviously he has done these horrible brutal things in the past but does he deserve what's happening to him um so yeah matt and i did discuss that a lot we it was, it was a tricky fine line not to make him uh you know, a stereotypical bad guy that people are just not going to feel anything for. There, there's got to be a sense of empathy there. But, um, yeah, so I just sort of approached the role, I guess, as someone that really is trying to just move on with his life. Um, obviously, there's notes in there where the audience isn't sure if he's mm -hmm. just manipulating them and whether yep. he's remorseful at all or not. But, yeah. Yeah, it's juicy stuff, mate. Like, what... Um... What style of acting do you subscribe to? Like, do you have to take your mind to really dark places or can you switch it on and off between takes? Uh, look, I think sometimes you have to be able to have a certain amount of just being able to switch it on and off, uh, mm. especially in roles like this um, where, like I said, I have played some murderous type characters before, often um, drawn to characters that are, you know, dealing with redemption and things like that so prisoners and yeah. yeah all sorts of horrible characters and 
it's hard to really fully immerse yourself in that psyche constantly it's not it's not good it's not healthy <laughs> for you so um and especially like i said there were times we were shooting in between lockdowns so we there was a lot of chopping and changing and so you have to be able to sort of slot in and out of this character at times and sometimes you don't have a lot of a lot of time yep. to, when when you're doing indie filmmaking you know yeah, for sure. And and speaking of COVID, like you did shoot this over a long period of time. And I was talking to Matt uh, recently about maintaining continuity over such a sort of long period of time and coming back and forth on weekends and whatnot. Was it hard for you just personally to maintain your appearance and your physique and just, you know, your hair, all these things? <laughs> it was a little bit, uh, to be honest. So uh, the, the hair and makeup artist and I often laughed a bit in between when we were watching the film, we could tell which shoot was when, because I yeah. put on a little bit more weight or I'd lost a little bit of weight. <laughs> I mean, you don't really notice that in the edit in, in at all, but no, um, we knew. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was tricky to try and continuity is always a bit of a nightmare, but especially when you there's big time jumps, you know, in between shoots. So. Did you have other projects in between or anything like that that you had to sort of keep in mind as well? Uh, I was for the first part of the shoot i was actually doing a play at the same time <laughs> um so that was yeah that was a pretty intense time um trying to juggle both those things and, and very different subject matters um yeah but otherwise when we came back for the for the second half of that shoot six months later or so i was yeah just pretty much fully immersed in the cost which was great yeah awesome um and as you said a moment ago you've played some pretty badass characters throughout your career and anyone that wants to go to your imdb page and look at your profile there's a lot of photos of those characters <laughs> do you yeah. prefer playing bad guys or good guys do you have a preference or is it all is it all fun uh look a lot of people i think i know matt had issues casting this role a lot of the a lot of actors sometimes these roles are, are, are a bit too too full-on, too intense, don't want to put yourself through that sort of mental anguish. But I, I just think, you know, those characters, are, they're such juicy roles sometimes. I, I feel like I'd be I'd be mad to not, you know, take on the challenge. But having said that, I do know a lot of friends and family who are just like, can you just do a rom-com for a chat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, it is fun sometimes. I just did a comedy shoot um, just uh, the other week, and yeah, it was great just to do something light. And, yeah, well, wasn't your um, wasn't your first movie Road to Nil? Uh, oh God, yeah, years ago. Um, I was I was just an actor in that. I was just a kid in school, but yeah. So that was filmed very small, isolated area where I grew up. So yeah, that right. was my first experience being on a film set. Yeah. Is that kind of what wet the wet the whistle? Like what wanted you yeah, to get to into a degree? Film? Yeah, I sort of I really enjoyed that day, and then yeah, as I said, we're still in school, and then decided yeah, I'm going to pursue this, and got into really? drama school, and then all snowed, snowballed from there. You know? I was going to ask if you're a theatre kid. Yeah, I did go to drama school, which was very much theatre based mm, yeah. uh, where I went. But, but since you know, since graduating from there, I did a lot of um, screen courses and stuff so i predominantly do more film and television stuff in theater these days yeah. yeah yeah cool um so matt's first two films were um twin rivers and, and ben hall legend of ben hall both very strong period pieces um were you as surprised to read a script like this from him as what i was <laughs> yeah i was a little bit because i remember speaking to matt 
I hadn't met him in person until until I came to the, doing the cost, but I remember chatting to him online about he was working on another bush ranger project mm. um, that revolved around Glen Rowan, I believe. And yeah, so I, I was very much aware that was you know where he was heading, and that yeah. was his, his you know favorite sort of genre. But so when this came around, I was like, oh wow, okay, very different. Um, but he and Greg master the writer you know yeah it's such a great script so bloody oath i think this genre suits him like i i, I hope he does yeah. you know pursue it a little bit further you know i know he's got other things in mind that are, are kind of dark as well so yeah yeah i just you know i i always thought he was great doing the period stuff but this suddenly is just like he's tapped into something that um he's natural at oh yeah totally he, he's done such a good job with this film yeah I think we were all blown away because, you know, as, as we've discussed, it was a pretty low budget indie thing, but mm. uh, he's done an amazing job with it. Yeah, he, he really knows how to nail this style, I think. Absolutely. So what about you? Like, what kind of movies do you gravitate towards in your, you know, in your downtime? Um, just watching at home, you mean? Yeah, just, you know, um, just for shits and giggles, mate. You've got some time to yourself. What are you going to watch? Uh Look, I, I, I do, I guess, tend to gravitate towards drama than uh, than comedy or or um, you know fantasy. Um, so yeah, generally, hard hitting drama is 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 where I'm at. I think. Yeah, you know, yeah, cool. Do you like? Do you have any go to filmmakers? Are you a Scorsese guy or? Oh God, yeah. Who doesn't love Scorsese? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I don't know that I have a. a favorite director yep. thing um yeah cool in particular but, so. i always love to pick the brains of people i talk to just to find out what kind of stuff they are into you know outside of work you know yeah. um but yeah look this movie is great i really hope everybody discovers it and and interestingly i was at the cast and crew screening and it was only when the credits rolled that i realized i was sitting next to you Oh, right. Yeah, right. So we can say we've watched a movie together. So. <laughs> we have. Well, yeah, that was the very first time we were all, that was very hard to watch the cast and crew screening because, yeah, I've seen it a couple of times on the big screen since, but. Um, yeah. yeah, you probably don't remember, but I turned to you and I'm like, oh my God, I'm fucking sitting next to the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's him. He's alive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, but mate, no, thank you so much for taking time for our show. Like, it's a pleasure. We've been spruiking this for a long time, right from the inception when Matt came on the show to now. And um, look, I hope good things happen for you, for Matt, for the film, and then, yeah, onwards and upwards. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you so much for having me. It's a very exciting time. We've got quite a few screenings coming up. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's very exciting indeed. Get on it, everyone. All right, thanks, mate. Thanks, Glenn. Cheers. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size, and this week we're talking fictional books. And I'm not talking about just books that don't exist. They exist, but only in on the silver screen. James, you're the literate one. You go first. I'm going to talk about one because it's a movie I enjoy that nobody talks about much anymore because it's one of the greatest, most terrible books ever in that it is supposed to allow you to summon forth the Dark Lord Satan. The Ninth Gate of the Kingdom of Shadows. If you've never seen the movie Ninth Gate yep. by Roman Polanski, his it's a, supposed to be a 17th century book that was written in league with the devil. The author uh, was 
And so Dean Corso is a rare book collector who finds or buys or uh, obtains a copy, but he believes there's only three copies left and he believes only one is authentic. And he hires character. Uh, Dean Corso is Johnny Depp's character. Uh, the, the guy that owns it hires him to track down the other two and determine which one is truly authentic. And as you might imagine, things start to get weird and creepy. And it's I, it's a movie I enjoy. Watch the director's commentary and it'll put you to sleep. But the film itself is is kind of fun. And, and the book it's based on is called uh, The Club du Mont. It's definitely a fictional book that, you know, I mean, if you're looking for fictional books that, that, that are used in film that drive the plot, but also are just creepy to think about, Nine Gates of the Kingdom of Shadows is, is a great one that doesn't get a lot of attention. I'm up next. I was really torn, but I have to go for Handbook for the Recently Deceased. From Beetlejuice. You dickwad. Why? <laughs> I, I think that may have been what he was going to use, Joe. All right, I'll use my backup, bitch. I'm sorry. You want me to do another one and you do this one? I'm nope. going to do my nope. other one. I don't nope, mind. Nope. nope, no, no, you go. Go. Well, I just would like to read the damn book. So you're saying that most humans, living people, can't or won't see ghosts. Reads like stereo instructions, Chad. I just want to read it. I know it, it exists good. now. Like people, people from our generation decide to ruin the mystery and write them write the book. But did you ever bother to read it? Oh hell no! I'm not reading that shit. No, in all fairness, the the, color, you could you could say that about almost any book, and that's going to be Chad's response. That's not Chad, true. Chad read a book. I've read several books. See that, spot how, run. I was like, how'd that cat get in that hat? Nobody <laughs> ever gave him the yeah, origin The story. Bob books. He's read some of those. <laughs> He's reading them to make hat sat. Pat sat with a cat. So, Chad, you're up next since I stole yours and spoke so little about it. Yeah, I can't believe you stole mine and then proceeded not to say a damn thing about it. I don't know (laughs) what you want to say. I said the quote from it, and then I said, Beetlejuice is directed by Tim Burton. It came out in 1988. Not looking it up, just remember. So what's the only book that can kill the mummy, Dracula, the gill man, a werewolf, and Frankenstein? That is the diary of Van Helsing from the monster squad. So funny story. I decided the other day, I was like, that's for kids. I can show that to Q. No, buddy. There's like several F words in it. The first 30 minutes. And I ain't talking about fuck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he was like, what's that? And I go, we're turning it off. Oh yeah. The eighties PG is different than what I remember. Yeah. Oh, I showed my kids overboard. Yeah. That was a mistake. Oh, well, it's bad and overboard. Oh, there's a huge sex scene in the middle of it. Well, yeah, what's bad and overboard? <laughs> <laughs> I know it, but he's yeah. not interested in sex or kissing, but if it's a funny word, he will repeat it. It's one of those books that you really don't get to see a lot of, but only and only the scary German guy can read it. But at the same time, if if you if you don't have that book and the amulet, 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 whatever I just said. Amulet. Omelets. He's gonna have omelets with his books. Ooh, he can we just stop this because <laughs> We'll just stop this recording because it's not going very well. No, it's all right, right, buddy. We'll need some omelets. I want you to talk some more about this analet. (laughs) That's what I said in an analet. But no, it's a great book. That's what I'm hoping you're saying. It's a great book. I should probably read it sometime. You probably should. (laughs) Because it will teach you that Wolfman has nards. And is she a version? And and to our our listeners, uh, this is James' fault. This is James' fault. (laughs) Maybe you should try reading books instead of burning them, Chad. This has been Bonehead Weekly. How else will I get those bras burned? 
We'll be burning bras since 1902. Stop buying them, Chad. Some pretty good choices there, Ben. Yeah, I liked all of those. Do not disagree with any. No. The uh, the old Beetlejuice book of the recently deceased, whatever that's called, it's coming back. It's uh, Yeah, it's coming back. I'm looking forward to that. That's one of the few films I was asked at Monster Fest last week. Do I look forward to movies? I'm like, I don't. I don't really. Like, they just come and go for me and I enjoy them in the moment. But that one I am looking forward to. I still look forward to good movies. I just don't know until I watch them that what I'm watching is going to be one. You know what? Like, like I was looking forward to Gran Turismo. <laughs> like, I thought this looks like just my kind of shit. Well, I was too. I guess there are a few in between. And look, it sounds like a wanky thing to say, and it really is a wanky thing to say, but when you and I have this privilege of all the movies come at us and we get to see them at screenings, you kind of just, sort of, they just I know it's going to yeah. come my way, so I'm not going to really look particularly forward to it because I know I will see it anyway. Whereas yeah. when you actually you know pay for a movie and there's value in it, that's when you should look forward to movies. It's like, am I going to waste my money or am I not? You yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just like to buy Blu-rays and then not watch them. I mean, put it this way. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I was... I was looking forward to the Indiana Jones, like really, really looking forward to that. And I did spend money to go and watch that one and felt completely ripped off. So, hmm. yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks, Boneheads. <laughs> you know where to find them. Anywhere you get podcasts, do check them out on YouTube as or well. If you just head to the great state of Kentucky, they'll be there. They well, one of them's in Mississippi. Yeah, well, you know, just, yeah, just but shout you know, out. <laughs> Joe. The other two. The other two. <laughs> just yell out. Yeah, there's only one Joe. Uh, and there's only one Chad. We arrive at the part of the show where we Chad. We, we kind of recommend movies. We talk about movies that we think you should go and track down and watch. And I'm going to theme mine, as I said before. But Ben's is going to go out on a limb and just you know. It does have, look. It's not a romantic comedy. The movie I'm talking about. It does kind <laughs> of. All right. You know. Shall I go first, or do you want to go first? Well, I'll, I'll go first. Okay, do it because it's weird. Look, I finally, for some reason, I had no idea what it was about. And I got it mixed up with, with, with another film at the time that I remember there was some controversy that, about Luke Buckmeister like writing a review and not mentioning the, the woman who directed it. I mm-hmm. can't remember what the name of that film was. Right. But he copped all this shit from you know, women on the internet yeah. about not mentioning the, <laughs> you know, congratulating how good the film was and not mentioning the, oh, the director or some horse yeah. shit like that. I can't remember the details, and I thought it was this film. So, I, and I, I just was like, I'm just not interested in whatever it is about. I just don't care. Yeah, it's not going to buy into that. I'm not, no, it wasn't even because of that. It's just like I heard it was coming out, and I just was like, yeah. I, I didn't. There wasn't a screening of it. <laughs> That's right. I was like, you, you know, privileged bastard. Yeah, I wasn't going to go out of my mm. way. But then I, I don't know how it came up. I was doing some, doing some hanging out in Google as as I do, doing some. Just, just you know, doing some googling, and it came up, and then I read the synopsis, and I'm like, "Holy shit, this sounds right up my alley." Why haven't I seen this? And so I just stopped what I was doing and watched it, and it was great. It is. That's the kind of time you have too. You just stop and watch it. 2016's The Belco Experiment. Of course, James Gunn. James Gunn originated the project, but Greg McLean polished it off. Provided the happy ending. Was Eli Roth involved? I feel like this was a collaboration between three people, but I could be mistaken. Uh, look, I don't. I, he, I didn't read about him. That's all right. But I think. Um, I think it's a. 
Is it a what's her name film? Is it a? I'll tell you what, it might not be a revenge film, but it fits the fits the theme anyway. It's brutal. Yeah, it's like a pretty kind of full on. Mm. So basically, it, it's about these, um, for the most part, American workers who work for this Belco Corporation in Colombia. I think it's Colombia mm-hmm. in South America, and their whole job is helping American workers find work and in you know in Colombia. Which when you even when you think about it, you're like, it's isn't it the other way around? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, and there's about you know a hundred. 150 or so employees of this company. And at the start of the film, they all get there and there's all of a sudden there's new security guards and they're all doing weird checks and they're, you know, things are a bit odd, but no one really thinks anything of it. And they go in and begin their their work day. And then all of a sudden, this um, voice comes over the, the headphone saying that, you know, in the next, in the next, you've got 30 minutes to kill three people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there'll be consequences. And they kind of, they think it's a joke. They don't really believe it. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, <laughs> shutters go down around around the whole building and they're trapped in there. Yep. And when they don't kill the three people, all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose and like heads are exploding and people are getting killed. And, <laughs> and then it basically turns into a kind of a Lord of the Flies yeah. where they... Like it's it's kind of dumb, but it, it works. The premise yeah. works on on camera. And I look, I read look a lot of the criticisms of it is that there's you know there's not necessarily enough meat on the bone there to yeah. make it a real. It's no battle royale. Yeah, and it does kind of miss out that on that a bit. There's mm-hmm. it's almost like there's too many characters uh-huh. for them to get really personal with any of them. Yet I still found it thoroughly enjoyable. I agree. I agree. I, I, I just I just had a lot of fun it watching reminds it. Reminds me, do you remember there was a movie maybe 10, 12 years ago called Severance? And it was about the the office workers that go on like a, a team building weekend. Yes. And they all turn like they all have to kill each other. Yeah. That was that was a good one too. That, uh, it also it also um reminds me of uh, Mayhem. 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 That's the one with um the guy from Walking Dead and Samara Weaving. And they um they're in the building and they release a yeah, like yeah, a, the, yeah. the gas that makes them all psychotic. That's right. <laughs> or in the water or whatever yeah. it is, and they all start killing each other. And you got red ink with Nicholas Hope, all these yeah. all these sort of office worker kind of <laughs> Yeah. I like these. Like the it's, horror it's, brutal movies. Yeah. It's a great idea. Like just a bunch of people in an enclosed space with no choice other than to kill themselves and what happens. Damn straight. And that is the cold purpose behind the Belco experiment, yep. as you find out. As the film goes, they're like it is an experiment. It's great um, to see Greg McLean doing movies outside of you know the the Wolf Creek verse. I guess you could say like yeah. it's. It, I wish he would do a lot more horror. Like he kind of spreads it thin. Yeah, and I just I'd love to see. Him I, do look, I think he spreads it thin because like everyone else, it's hard it's to not, make it's movies. Tough yeah. getting the gig. <laughs> yeah, he seems like to get gotta, good ones though when he gets them. And he's yeah, been, like Jungle was great, and I loved Rogue, of course. You know, yeah, and he's doing number three of Wolf Creek, so. He's still busy. That guy never dies. But uh, it's got a great cast too. John Gallagher Jr. who who I, I had no idea he had got a leading role. Like I remember seeing this guy as a kid in like <laughs> an episode of The West Wing. Yeah. And then he's kind of worked for Aaron Sorkin again in other things and he just keeps popping up to things. <laughs> uh, it's great. But uh, look, Tony Goldwyn, he's one of the major kind of antagonists in the film. Fucking great. I love, I love that guy. Yep. Um, John C. McGinley... Melanie Diaz has a great part. Uh, Sean Gunn, who's you know in all he, James Gunn and he's movies, good in everything, and he's great. He's hilarious. Um, Michael Rooker, big head is in it. Rooker, what happens to Rooker? Mm-hmm. 
is one of the is one of the most amazing scenes, and it's quite early in the film, so it's not a spoiler. But it's probably the best one of the best special effects in the film. It's just it's great. But there's a lot of cool there's a there's a lot of cool kills. There's people you don't expect to get killed get killed. People who you don't, who you expect to stay alive stay alive. Like it it's all over the place. Did you, and then, yeah, did you say David Dasmelchian? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's fucking in everything. That guy. <laughs> but back then, it was like, who is he? Yeah. He was a nobody. Yeah, he was just like, you know. Yep. Um, but also, you know, our friend Greg Henry. Yeah, he makes an appearance. <laughs> fucking, I love Greg Henry. <laughs> and it took me a while. Like he's in, he's got a bit of prosthetics going on, but not that much. Like when you know what Greg Henry looks like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like how much of this is fake and how much of this is real. <laughs> But he's uh, he's doing a weird voice he, in it too. It, but he's is great. It, is it Greg Henry who's the actor that refuses to kiss on screen, refuses to kiss other women in respect for his wife? Is it? That's he? Kirk Cameron. <laughs> I mean that too, but no, <laughs> yeah. I think it might be Greg Henry if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if Greg Henry. No, because he. No, it's he not. He kisses Lucy Liu in it's Payback not, quite not. a bit. It's an actor like him. I, I'll. Figure it out, figure it and, out. and I'll let you all know before the end. I mean, of the I was going to say, I, but I, you know, thinking about it, apart from. Apart from um, payback and blowout, yeah. no body double. Sorry, yeah. I can't think of any films where anyone's ever asked Greg Kenry to kiss anyone. <laughs> Although, he, like you know, he was a you know, you know, when he in his younger years he was quite good looking, but he kind of he got weird about it pretty quick. Neil McDonough. Yeah, right. There you go. That's I mean, who it was. <laughs> Uh, look, the first the first thing I ever really paid attention to Neil McDonough <laughs> in was uh, uh, what is it the Cannibal movie uh, with um, Guy Pearce in the oh in yeah the, yeah of course the, um, ravenous uh, ravenous yeah you, go on yeah, do he's it he's the albino he's licking me <laughs> the best <laughs> love that line so, so many sound bites of you doing that of me doing it yeah oh, um. God. But he's the albino, <laughs> he's the albino psychopath in yeah. that, and he's great. But he doesn't really—I don't even remember him having that many lines or anything in that film. He's certainly not one of the main characters. But then from that point on, mm. it was like a, a, a light switch had been flicked, and he's just like, "This guy is in fucking everything." <laughs> he was even in that Resident Evil that you played at Monster Fest. He was. There you go. He's in Justified. He's in. Yeah. Uh, he's in. Uh, what was that? Uh, um, time. <laughs> Timescape. No. Oh, the, the the one with um Paul Walker. No. Yeah. yeah and, the, and the Richard um, Donner film. Was it no? Gerard Butler. Is it? Yeah. Gerard Butler. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that Richard Donner? Yeah. I thought it was uh, Crichton. It's based on Crichton. Yeah, but it's Michael Richard Donner directed it. Paul Walker. Right. Um. Yes, he's in that. And Billy Connolly, and he's yeah. in that. Yeah. <laughs> he's great, and he's like he's, timeline. Timeline. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Excellent. Uh, I feel like we're getting there quicker. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is part of the nerdy cinematic ramblings that yeah. we're talking about. Maybe we need to change the catchphrase of the show and maybe then people will listen to the end. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what you do in the edit, how much of the awkward pauses while I'm trying to think of things you cut out. <laughs> what do we? What, what can we change it to? Snappy cinema? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, segways. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about quick my fire, recommendation? Quickfire cinema repartee. I reckon you may have mentioned this movie. I don't re- know if it was a recommendation or just in passing, but 2004, there was a movie called Dead Man's Shoes, which uh, stars Paddy Const- uh, Considine, and he also wrote it. He was in um, Shaun of the Dead or one of those Simon Pegg movies. He's in a few. He's in uh, World's End. Yes, that's the one. And and in uh, the Cop One Hot Fuzz. Yes. I just don't, I don't know if he's in Shaun. Well, he's a 
fucking badass motherfucker in this one. It was directed by a guy called Shane Meadows who did the whole This Is England franchise. Right. Uh, and like you know the best revenge movies, this story is completely simple. It just follows a guy who has returned from service in the war, um, comes home to his hometown and then just has this mission to exact revenge on a group of low-end gangsters that tormented and tortured his mentally handicapped brother while he was away. So right. his brother points them out and he just fucking goes to town. He like has zero fear of these guys, even though they are badasses. And he fucks with them in the most brutal ways. And he wears one of those creepy sort of um, old style oxygen masks when he attacks. And that freaks them out to begin with. But then he creeps into their rooms when they sleep and he'll paint them in drag and stuff. So they wake up and they're like, who's fucking with us? So he really fucks with them before, before right. he unleashes hell upon them and it's violent and it's gratuitous. Well, and the poster itself, I remember back in the VHS days, the cover on, on VHS was just like, oh, this is like a terrifying movie and I haven't even seen it, you know? Yeah. And I've seen it maybe twice, maybe three times since then. And it just blows me away every time. It's just got a real sting in the tail as well and I just couldn't recommend it highly enough. So it's called Dead Man's Shoes. Dead Man's Shoes. Because you know the, the Paddy Constantine movie that uh, <laughs> I, I, I... It's another one that I think I've just got a line in that I repeat all the time. Yep. So tell me if you've heard it. But it's uh, Romeo is... Is it Room for Romeo Brass? Have you seen that film? I know of it. I haven't watched and, it. And uh, Paddy Constantine has that... He, he writes a poem for this girl in the film. He's, he's, he's like in all his films, he's a bit un, mentally unhinged. <laughs> yeah. he's, but he's, he's got a really weird accent in this one. He's like, one beat, two beats, my art beats for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only line yeah. for, I remember from the film. And it's just every time I, I think of Patty Constantine, I'm just like, mm. one beat. Two beats, my art beats for you. Well, I should mention, if I haven't already, he co-wrote this one as well. So Nice. Yes, he wrote it for himself. Yes. That's what they say, make your own work. There we go. There lies the end of the show. We've reached the end, my friend. Excellent. Time and, to wrap uh, it up. Yeah. And there's no video. There's no video this week because I've got a bonus content one. you got a bonus one. content one. <laughs> so we can, uh, we can watch a movie or something. <laughs> Whatever. Let's watch Dead Man's Shoe. <laughs> yeah. You've just seen it. Not before we play a song to take us out, Back to Paradise. Do we know what that movie's from? <laughs> it's by 38 Specials from Revenge of the Nurse 2, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't remember the soundtrack oh, at, at all. The second you hear this song, Look, you'll be whisked right I, back. I have to say that while I have seen Revenge of the Nerds 2 probably 30 times, the last <laughs> time I, I would have been... Probably 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. Like I watched it. My grandmother, for some reason, had it on tape. And so every time, along with the pilot for Kung Fu, <laughs> the, to yeah. my Kung Fu TV series, it'd be Revenge of the Nerds. And it's one other movie. I can't remember what was the other one that she had. Oh, Hans Christian Anderson. But she had Hans Christian Anderson. She taped it at the end of one mm. movie. So that it was the first half. Yep. And then the second half was on another tape. Yep. So I only ever, invariably ever watched <laughs> half of, of Hans Christian wow, Anderson. Wow, look at those coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember all the booger stuff. The, oh, absolutely. The burp, the belch master. Yeah. James Hong. That was my introduction to James Hong. <laughs> what an intro. Yeah. And then, and then the next, literally the next thing I would have seen him in is Big Trouble in Little China. I'm like, this guy is the greatest actor in the world. And I only realized that when I watched it again, Mm. like a couple of weeks ago, James Hong is in the pilot episode of Kung Fu. Oh my God. (laughs) 
Well, back then, back then it was a very small, you know, stall of Asian mm. actors that you could employ. Yeah, <laughs> him and the other guy with the really long hair and the like. Little... Uh, yeah, uh, Al Leung. <laughs> yeah, I love that you knew who I was talking about because know, there was like, there was so few of them. The, the beauty of Al Leung, though, is that <laughs> in in Lethal Weapon they actually let him talk, and he's like, he's like, oh yes, please, uh, I would like to have uh, one of those. Uh, uh, can I get some Cheerios, please? Thank you. He's got like a really mild, like Michael American Berryman in, in Weird Science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's play the song. All right, I'll see you next week, Ben. See you next week.
One beat, two beat, three beat, sugar beat, four beat, five beat, six beat, wheat beat, seven beat, eight beat, nine beat, art beat, my art beat, my art is beating for you.